Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. And the first thing that needs to come out of this mouth is I am sorry. Um, I really apologize for the last uh, three or four weeks. Uh, it has been crazy. I was really hoping to get some podcasts put up uh, in uh, ahead of time so that you guys would have some great content while I was uh, in probably the busiest month of my life. Um, our clinic became extremely busy with patients. My daughter graduated from high school. My son graduated from college. Um, award ceremonies uh, and uh, tons and tons of traveling. Uh, along with uh, everything else that goes with uh, your uh, child graduating. So it takes it takes some advice from me. Uh, when you have one uh, ready to graduate from high school, take a week or two off just so you can get through everything and still be sane. Um, and to be totally honest with you, I really, really missed doing these podcasts. And um, it really has hit me. And I'm happy to say that uh, we are going to be having a, a sponsor for our show. And if there's anybody else out there looking um, to uh, put a spot uh, at doing either a, a pre-roll or a mid-roll during our show, please feel free to get in touch with me on our website at orthovalpal.com and go to the Get In Touch page. And um, let me know if it's uh, something that's a, a fit for you and a fit for me, then uh, we will go ahead and do that. But I'm super encouraged to uh, to tell you that I have tons of content and I'm ready for uh, the long haul here. And um, I, I'll tell you, we had uh, some students, we've had some students in our office, uh, three students for the last three or four weeks. And uh, I get totally excited about uh, doing education with them, teaching them some stuff. And so uh, we are going to be um, giving you a bunch of content. I'm also going to be doing some CME classes. And uh, I'd love to do a few webinars and or CMEs online. So if you have any interest uh, in topics or you would uh, just have interest in um, coming to one of my CMEs or listening to one or seeing one online, please get in touch with me. Let me know what you'd like and uh, I'll see what I can do to get you some content. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about the cervical spine. Like I said, with the uh, shoulder, it's kind of difficult to go through anatomy online. But I also tell my students that Close your eyes, think about the anatomy, think about it three-dimensionally so that when you are evaluating patients, you know why you are performing a special test. You, are, you know why you're manual muscle testing a certain muscle, where it inserts, where it attaches, uh, and uh, where the origin is. You want to know what the innervation is. And so the cervical spine can be very, very complicated. We can do lectures for days on the cervical spine. I'm going to touch on um, really three of the most common trouble areas that you will see in the orthopedic realm. Uh, so when, again, this is orthoevalpal, so we really want to stick with orthopedic stuff. But I will tell you on a daily basis when I treat orthopedic patients, I find something else that just doesn't look right or may not be an isolated musculoskeletal issue, maybe a neurologic problem. Um, and so we need to be thinking out of the box on a regular basis. So we'll be talking a little bit about nerve root compression problems, um, chronic cervical spine pain and facet dysfunction. Uh, those are, are topics that will probably come up in separate podcasts in the near future. But first of all, I just want to talk a little bit about the cervical spine, the anatomy, 
And, um, you know, what do we do when, when we see a certain problems of the cervical spine? So first thing you need to remember is that this nugget on top of your shoulders weighs anywhere between 10 to 14 pounds. So with that being said, as long as you are upright, you have pressure down in your cervical spine. Okay, remember, and this is where you, you know, unless you're driving your uh, car or riding your bike, you, you know, close your eyes and try to envision this, um, you know, anteriorly, you have all of the vertebral bodies, all being supported and suspended by your disc, which is like either a sponge or jelly donut. Um, and it helps to keep height between the vertebrae. Okay, posteriorly, the way you keep height between the vertebrae is on the facets. And those facet joints are made differently in the cervical spine than they are in the lumbar spine. Remember in the lumbar spine, they are more vertically oriented. Well, in the cervical spine, they are more horizontally oriented, kind of like a plate on a plate. And so um, they allow better rotation, uh, flexion extension, and uh, lateral flexion uh, to both sides. So um, remember, they sit kind of like plates on top of each other in a more horizontal fashion. So patients always say, oh, my neck cracks a lot. And I think I'm going to do just a podcast on just crepitus because I find uh, we have so many people asking about uh, crepitus and talking about crepitus all the time. They seem to worry so much about it. But I uh, typically tell patients that, you know, as you get older, the joint isn't as smooth as it used to be in that facet joint. It's not like two microscope slides sliding on each other with a drop of water between them, but it's more like two roughened sponges. And so as you rotate, move your head and neck, you'll get some cracking crepitus in there. And uh, I usually tell patients that if it doesn't hurt, don't worry about it. Uh, usually as they get stronger, have better flexibility and better posture, it seems to settle down. So anteriorly, we have the uh, uh, the disc, the vertebral disc that holds uh, the anterior aspect of the uh, vertebrae up. And then posteriorly, we have the facet. So then we uh, have the uh, central spinal canal, okay, which is common to everybody. Uh, we will have a conversation with a neurosurgeon in the very near future about, you know, when do we have to worry about the size of that canal? And, um, you know, when does it cause uh, cervical myeloradiculopathy and issues like that? Uh, things that you really should be aware of as a uh, provider uh, when you see orthopedic patients. And we have uh, had these uh, classic patients I have these great videos on YouTube uh, uh, regarding the Hoffman sign, Clonus, uh, Babinski, and um, issues like that that come from cervical spine uh, central cord compression. So up and down that central canal is your spinal uh, your spinal cord. And then off of your spinal cord come your uh, nerve roots, okay? So your spinal nerve roots, they control different parts of your arm, uh, different parts of your shoulders. And um, this is what I see the most of, okay? So right where the, uh, the nerve root comes out from the spinal cord, you have the vertebral foramen. And those foramen um, are basically made up out of two semicircles, okay, overlapping each other. So the semicircle is held open by the disc anteriorly, which is holding up the vertebrae, the facet posteriorly, which is holding up the vertebrae, and that keeps that up nice and high. Well, imagine now if that disc starts to dry out and become a little bit thinner, the anterior side goes down, so now your vertebral foramen starts to get a little bit smaller. Let's say that the facet starts to break down, which supports the posterior side. Now you are starting to develop more of a foraminal stenosis or a closing of that foramen, which can put pressure on the nerve root, cause problems down the arm, to the anterior chest, and to the scapula, um, where we see a lot of uh, problems. And um, so that is an area that uh, we uh, kind of keep an eye on. 
let's talk a little bit about the motions of the neck and what becomes most affected. So when you flex the cervical spine anteriorly, you are compressing the uh, anterior aspects of the uh, cervical disc, which can push that disc material out posteriorly, just like the jelly donut effect. Um, and when you flex the neck, you need to remember that the facets now open up. You take some pressure off the facets. Okay, so you need to be thinking about that when patients say, "Oh, I feel much better when I when I bring my chin down. Uh, I get much better relief back there. And when I lift my head up, it really pinches back there." So when you flex, the facets open up, the vertebral foramen opens, and the disc material uh, is pushed posteriorly. When you extend the cervical spine, you're closing that vertebral foramen, causing uh, also uh, some closure around the nerve root, but also you're um, causing some compression to the facets. So if a patient extends the cervical spine and they feel pain directly in a facet and they can put a finger on it, but it's really not migrating down the arm into the axilla or the scapula, um, it's more likely to be a facet-related problem. Okay, when you laterally flex to the right, the right facet gets compressed, the right foramen becomes closed, the left facet opens up and the foramen on the left side opens up also. So knowing that orientation and that uh, anatomy can really be helpful when doing your evaluations on patients. Um, you also have the vertebral artery, which supplies uh, blood flow to the brain. And uh, a lot of us uh, in school have learned how to do the vertebral artery test. Uh, it's a test I used to do in every single cervical spine patient that I had. I don't do that test anymore because the literature really shows uh, that there is really low specificity and sensitivity to that test. And the best way to assess a vertebral artery issue is with a Doppler ultrasound. So if you have some unusual you know, dizziness problems with cervical spine range of motion, it's not a it's not an inner ear issue or a, you know a vestibular problem uh, or they, they look at their armpit and they uh, become very dizzy they may black out a little bit uh, those are uh, you know signs and symptoms that there may be some sort of vascular issue there uh, and they need to be referred to a uh, neurovascular surgeon and uh, for evaluation to have that checked out so um, so that's all I'm going to say today about the cervical spine um, you have you know uh, on top of that I guess I should add that you know there's a lot of musculature around the cervical spine we do see people with chronic cervical spine pain um, what I have found with uh, experience is that many people with scapular dysfunction, levator scapulae pain, and uh, even some anterior chest and axillary pain, oftentimes that is coming from a cervical nerve root that is being compressed. Um, and I used to treat all these myofascial, what I thought were myofascial issues of the scapular region uh, in the past. And then when I started to learn that cervical traction was relieving their discomfort, they were becoming stronger when... Uh, when uh, they had uh, some traction, uh, that I started to change my thought process and my treatment of these patients. So I do a significant amount of cervical traction. I'll be talking to you soon about the uh, marquee maneuver, which is uh, now uh, something that I posted on YouTube. And uh, this is a test that I developed with uh, Hassan University. And um, I use it in our clinic. Uh, and uh, all five of our clinics actually use the test also. It has become an excellent uh, way to diagnose nerve root compression and how to sort out the difference between a cervical spine and a shoulder problem because they can easily um, be uh, mistaken for each other. So uh, we'll be talking about that in the future also. 
So that's all I've got for you on the cervical spine. Make sure that uh, if you have any questions, you contact me. Uh, I'll uh, have uh, some information in the show notes on how to get in touch through our website. And uh, please check out our YouTube channel. I've been uploading some new videos recently. Um, and I have an excellent one that I will post uh, in the next couple of hours um, showing some real interesting uh, cervical spine issues and shoulder issues and a very complicated uh, patient to evaluate. So um, for now, uh, take care and um, I, I can't wait to um, get to the next podcast. Take care. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.